Whether you keep them in your home or love to see them in theirs, these are the creatures that bring us all together. Reptiles. reptiles. We're going to be delving into the experiences of reptile lovers from around the block and around the world. This is the Reptile Talk Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Jeremy Turgeon from Brassman Reptiles. And I'm Rob, and I'm Creeping It Real. And today we've got a special guest. I'm we're also a day excited. late. Yeah, we're a little late. Sorry, sorry about that. If listening to this in real time and not listening to it after we release it, we're a day late. We're sorry. Yeah. Life got crazy. Yep. Uh, and yeah. snow. Things happen. And stuff. Yeah. And Rob works a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's too much. It happened. But, but I'm anyway. I'm excited because we've got uh, Dayton from HDR Boreals now. Woo! How's it going, man? Good. Uh, thanks for having me on. We're super pumped yeah, to man. have you. I'm I, I'm excited to have someone who's super into Amazons. On Hell yeah! Like it's not a lot of people that are diehard Amazon people, and <laughs> and not of those people who are diehard Amazon people, uh, not all of them want to come on the phone and chat for an hour about stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that seems to be kind of common. Uh, especially with people who keep Amazons, like yeah. a lot of them are pretty low key. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Which I'm I even can low key, that. but yeah. I don't mind chatting. I can respect that. Yeah. Yeah. So, for the people who might not know you or might not have heard of you, what kind of got you into reptiles in general? I've always been into reptiles. It probably started with like dinosaurs, yeah. you know, when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just uh, whenever I got a chance, you know, going outside and looking for um, critters and stuff. So. That's what, and then I, you know, I kind of discovered that you could, you could own one, not just like a wild animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, began the process of convincing my mom to allow me to do that. What was your first reptile you got? A ball python. Really? <laughs> Classic. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, uh, back before any of the morphs, like maybe albinos were out. Uh, I think piebalds were out, but like twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah. Yep. Plus, yeah. <laughs> so normal ball python was my first one. All right. That was my first pet snake, and back then, like all the morphs were astronomically expensive. So I was just like, I just want to get a pet snake, and <laughs> like I had a couple lizards and stuff, and I had tarantulas and everything, but I didn't have any snakes. And then uh, a local guy had produced some like black back ball pythons and i was like it's a black back ball python and i like convinced my parents to let me get it and i was just like oh man i was so geeked out about it but you know nowadays people for their first ball python they're like yeah i got a blue-eyed leucistic and i'm like that that wasn't even a thing yeah when that I first couldn't, have, ball couldn't have been possible yeah 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 i remember like people uh, i i didn't i didn't get into it like start breeding that wasn't even like that didn't even cross my mind initially yeah um i my first collection that I put together was just like a hobby collection of a random assortment of reptiles that I wanted to like own and hang out. Um, but back then, you know, like when you were getting animals, people would be like, Oh, look at this one's pattern is a little different, you know? And and that was like the extent you're like, Oh, I got a unique one. This one might have like a little (laughs) bit of striping. Um, but to see how far it's come since then, and to realize that, like, that's kind of how it started. You would just, like, notice subtle differences um, and with some selective breeding. I, I know that there are a lot of mutations involved, too, but, like, the selective breeding also plays a, plays a part in that. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, sim- similar similar to what Rob was just saying. Like, I, I've got a couple people back in my hometown that are like, I just kind of got my first snake. And I'm like, oh, what'd you get? And they're like, a banana ball python. And I'm like, do you realize (laughs) that used to be a hundred (laughs) grand? I can't believe that was your first snake. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. it's it's absolutely uh, incredible uh, where where that that part of the industry has gone. (laughs) Yeah, I consider myself pretty frugal. especially um well when it doesn't come to reptiles Mm -hmm. um but you know uh when i started seriously getting into it with like the purpose of breeding that's sort of all where all my extra money was going and to a certain point like i had spent more money on like an individual snake than i had on any of the vehicles that i had had previously you know like (laughs) 
Um, I think the first uh, Tiger morph that I got was like thirty five hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, you know, and my car was like five hundred dollars. So. <laughs> <laughs> the life of a reptile keeper. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, so man. what really drew you to the Amazons? Because, like, I mean, I love Amazons, and I've I've been drawn to them for, like, a really long time, and I've been keeping them for, you know, a decent amount of time as well, and I've mm-hmm. read them and everything. But it's, it's always interesting to me to see what draws people to Amazons, because for the average person, like someone who's just getting into reptiles, they see green tree pythons, they see emerald tree boas, and they're like, I want that. It's bright green. It sits and perches on the thing, and, like, I get it. Like, even regular people like them. But for Amazon yeah. tree boas, people are like, okay, well, there's some that kind of look very interesting, and there's some that I don't think look very interesting. And then they're like, can I hold it? And everyone's like, ah, you probably <laughs> don't want to hold it. Um, and, and they don't always perch up in the in the uh, branches. So a lot of people are like, eh, I guess I'll pass on those. But for the people who are, like, into them, like, when I saw Amazon tree boas, I was like, I need Yeah, these are super those. cool, yeah. Amazing. Uh, what was the thing that really drew you to the Amazons? Um, when... So after, like, I initially put together my first collection, um, that was, like, pre-high school and into high school. Yeah. And uh, I sort of got less involved in reptiles around that time, and and so I sold off the animals that I had. Mm -hmm. Um, And after high school, uh, I kind of was looking for something to do. And, you know, I, I I had, like, an interest in in getting back into reptiles and I wanted to, I wanted to breed cause I, I hadn't done that before. Um, and so I kind of planned it out a little bit, um, and had like some criteria of what I wanted to, like what I wanted a species to, um, I don't know, have, I guess. Yeah. Well, what kind of attributes um, you enjoy? Yeah. Yeah. And like there, there were other things that I want, you know, like I, I wanted to sort of like make a name for myself um, you know, working with a species and that was, so I wanted to get kind of on the, the ground floor. I wanted a species that was cool and, uh, that I, that I had interest in or whatever, but I, I also wanted to be able to, um, sort of, Push I, I thought it would make it, yeah, I thought it would make it easier to, to get a species that was less known. Um, mm-hmm. that's probably not the case having spent a good deal deal of time doing that, like you can make a name for yourself uh, without, without, you know, being, I, I don't know, one of the, one of the main people working with a species, I guess, or, yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. contributed a lot to like the genetics or anything like that. It's just putting in the dedication, working with reptiles, uh, you know, talking with a bunch of different people, you'll, you'll make a name for yourself. You don't need to, um, you know, I don't know. That, 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 that's person. not an important goal, yeah. anyway. Yeah. But that that was something I had in my mind, um, and I hap- I, I remember really being fascinated with emerald tree boas, mm-hmm. um, but intimidated by them. That was sort of like the the pinnacle. Um, people had you know a lot of difficulty keeping them in captivity, um, and, and so like I kind of shied away from that, but in sort of doing my research, I stumbled upon the Amazon tree boa and, uh, they were also, you, you know, you could get them for, uh, cheaper. Um, so <laughs> Notably it cheaper. wasn't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't as much of a commitment, you know, monetarily. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, that's kind of how I stumbled on them. And I think the first one I stumbled on was, uh, like a, you know, a garden Halloween phase. Um, and I was like, whoa, what the hell is that? Because, you know, they're like black and bright orange when they're babies, you know, yeah. usually. They're amazing. And it just blew my mind. I, I, I was like, I didn't even know snakes like that existed, you know, and they got the <laughs> big bulgy eyes. Um, so that that was super cool. And it only cost me like 100 bucks or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so wild to me that uh... – 
the Amazon prices are, are so low considering they can be so incredibly beautiful. Like For when sure. I look at a Halloween Amazon tree boa, I'm like all day, that's like a three to $500 animal. And there's some people who are like, <laughs> well, the, the red fades away and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but then when it's an adult, it's black and white, like really black with white patterning on it. Like that's still amazing. I don't see how it's any less cool than when it was a baby. I, think, I mean, I get red is a cool color, but like, <laughs> they're still really pretty as adults. And uh, even captive bred, I feel like previously when I see people breeding Amazons, uh, they would sell captive bred babies for even like 100 or 200 bucks. And I'm like, that, it's, it's worth so much more than that. They, you put a lot of work into them, and, and there's so much variety because they're so polygenic. You can get so many cool different looks out of the Amazon tree boas. Yeah. Uh, it, it kind of... So, there is some... some. I think that mostly has to do with, like, demand, supply and demand, you know? So, like... Yeah. They're not... They, they never will be as popular as, like, boa constrictor or ball python. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is funny when, that you say that because, you know, you can have... A, bright absolutely like incredibly I, I don't even know how to describe it red amazon tree boa mm-hmm. um and you know you see other people that work for 20 plus years trying to make a red uh boa or something like that yeah and it's it's still kind of it's still kind of brownish you know and yeah. it's like well, yeah. look my first generation red amazon look at that that's fucking crazy right yeah. <laughs> highlighter red, bright stop sign red yeah exactly yeah wow you guys haven't touched that yet so uh when you... <laughs> yeah so it was kind of a, a rabbit hole from the uh the halloween phase and uh you know i just found more and more variety as i i got into them and um yeah spiraled from there so your red project is probably one of your favorites or what would you say is your favorite project that you're working with right now Oh man! Uh, so <laughs> having ha- this is actually well, maybe not my first year, but this is the first year that I intentionally produce. Uh, I can't even say it's intentional. Uh, the leopard, the leopard uh, morph has really Hell hit me. Yeah, I am in love with leopards, yeah. dude. I absolutely love them. They are just like such a st- stunning animal and for a lot of people who might see like the high reds and the calicos and stuff like that they're like yeah but it's not bright colored and it's like it's different it's not any yeah, less yeah, cool yeah. it's just different with the like silver highlights and then the black spots on them if you haven't seen what a uh, leopard amazon looks like pause this episode right now <laughs> and google to, that shit. yeah google it or <laughs> check out uh, dayton's instagram hdr boreals Go look at one of those leopards. They're going to be like silver colored with black spots on them and then come back because holy moly, they're such an incredible looking snake. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got to, I mean, like I'll confess that like I've even um, sort of overlooked that until this year. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's at one point I made a choice um, because of the money that I had available to me. Um, and, and I mean, like the leopard was a cheaper one, but, um, I, I, I chose to sort of go with the tiger morph instead of the leopard morph. Um, because at the time I sort of thought, um, what you could do with the leopard was limited because they do seem to be linked with a certain set of colors Yes, mm-hmm. and the tiger you can have in all the colors and phases um and and so that initially i spent my money on tigers and so i then first started reproducing tigers um but this year uh was my first uh full litter of of leopards um and i i kind of toping i was gonna hit on it because i i used a het animal um Mm. So I wasn't sure because it wasn't a hundred percent het either. Um, huh. There's an interesting story behind that. Yeah, I guess we can. I guess we can dig into that a little bit. <laughs> yes. Um, so the first leopard I produced 
was actually um, in 2015, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Totally by accident. Like, my jaw hit the floor when I saw it. I was like, what the hell? How is that even here? Um, It was, uh, I guess you're going to have to, like, I'm I'm just going to use the the gene name like the mutation names uh, I don't know um but I I was using uh my the sire of the litter was a GCR hypo male mm-hmm. um paired to a female that I had picked up it was one of my first amazons actually um I had picked up at a local show without really any history um wow. on on her lineage that's crazy um, wild <laughs> Yeah, and so it, it was. Um, it was actually one of her last litters. She was kind of getting a little older, um, so the uh, the fertility of the litter wasn't great. And I only ended up with two two living babies. One was a hypo, and one was a leopard. Hmm. That's, That's freaking so crazy. Wild. Yeah. So, yeah, and so I was like, "How is this leopard here?" You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so, like, after kind of spitballing with some people and, and thinking about it, um, you know, uh, Gulf Coast Reptiles works with hypos, and they work with leopards. Um, and, and they do Amazon tree bows, you know. They're not um, – I don't know if they're super popular for doing Amazon tree bows, but they – I think they have, like, a whole reptile farm, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that was just sort of like a pet project for him. Mm-hmm. But I I was aware that he had crossed, you know, leopard and hypo. And I believe he had produced both genes in the same litter before. Hmm. Yes. So, so my thought process was, okay, there's a possibility that my hypo coming from Gulf Coast reptiles is, is het for leopard. But, the odds of just a random female being het for leopard. I mean, like that would be lottery laws. Yeah. That's astronomical odds. Yeah. Yeah. Just unintentionally, both of these random animals that are totally unrelated are het for leopard and and produce a leopard or whatever. Um, and you know, uh, well, so like after I spitballed it with some people there, you know, uh, like parth- parthenogenesis mm-hmm. yes. uh, sort of came up, but the the female wasn't a, uh, a visual. Well, I, she wouldn't have to be, I guess, because um, anyways, she could be a we, yeah. I thought, yeah, yeah. So parthenogenesis kind of came up. Mm. Um, and the thought was maybe that, because um, you can have the male version of that too. I forget what it's called. Um, but the female can actually give birth to a clone of the male. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, I'll have to get back to you on what that term is. Um, and so that was an option. And, and the, the leopard that was born was, um, it had like a skin fold. It had some issues shedding. When it was born, its umbilical cord was still attached. Um, so it, it, it had some issues, you know, and that's kind of typical of a parthenogen baby. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, so parthenogenesis was still sort of on the table because, um, if you don't have a copy from each of the parents, uh, then it'll be expressed. Right. So, so you have one copy from the female, she clones herself and that location of where the gene is at, I'm, this is super amateur talk. Um, but doesn't receive a copy from the male. And so it'll be expressed. Yeah. Right. Right. So you, you would get a visual leopard from a het leopard female. Exactly. Um, and so because I had paired this female before, I actually had some offspring from her. Mm. Um, and this year I was able to get my hands on a, an adult visual male and I paired it up with one of the offspring of that female that produced the first leopard that, that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really hoping because of the similarity to the female that, um, maybe, 
maybe there was something, you know, visual there, even though it's sort of, I mean, it's either a recessive or incomplete dominant gene. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that can be kind of tricky to tease out, but I thought because of the similarity between the, the two females that maybe, hopefully I would have a het leopard. Um, but you know, the odds were only like, if the original female was het, it's only like, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I wasn't getting too hopeful on that. Um, but I got a leopard of litters and, or a, a litter of leopards. <laughs> And because of that email was a tiger, I got the combo as well. So mm. right, yeah, the liger, the liger, the liger, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I really hit it. I mean, like I hit it out of the park with the odds because I think out of seven, I got five. You know, visual. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the liger, and I also got a, a tiger, one hundred percent head leopard. Oh, it's so, so badass. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that. So I I was pretty floored with that um, because I wasn't even sure you know I was gonna get visuals. I was just going in to make um, some hundred percent hats. Right. Um, but turns out, yeah. So that was nice. Um, and and seeing a whole litter in person, and watching them shed, and seeing like their color change from day to night. Man. Oh, dude, I can only imagine. Unbelievable. Yeah, I can only so imagine cool. that. Those guys fired up just like, bam, in your face. Yeah, when I worked with Jason yeah. up in Maine, he had some leopards, and those things, I was just in love with them. They, they're so incredible to watch their color change from day to night, and then they just were like, oh, they're so gorgeous. That silver is just, like, incredible on the base color. Yeah, and there's actually, you know, there's, there's a bit of variety to them as well, um, you know, in, as far as color and patterns go, yes. um, you know, like, uh, I also have an adult female that's sort of, uh, you know, steel gray um, and she's pretty dark most of the time, but she's got, uh, it's sort of like her pattern is mostly connected along on, along her, her spine. Mm-hmm. And so she's kind of got like a, a black back, um, but she's dark. My male was a lot lighter. Um, and the babies that I've had are, are super, super contrasty. Hell yeah. So you posted recently the, um, the, the Lucy, how do you feel about the Lucy project? Cause I honestly, a lot of the people I know who l- like Amazons are like, why would you get rid of the color? That makes them just like, makes them less cool. But I honestly think that the Lucistic Amazons look cool. amazing. I, I literally love them. Because it's a fucking white snake, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> Any white snake is cool. Come yeah, on. that's very true. Especially in Amazon. Yeah, like, but especially yeah. you get those big bulgy black eyes on yes. the little baby, and right? it's like, ah, oh, you're like a little fucking alien. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, I I like the project. Um. I guess. Uh, I'll kind of get into that. Um. That, there's. There's kind of some debate on how that's inherited. Yeah, um, I saw some some stuff go down. What was it, four years ago, or five years ago, where some it's like, it's ongoing. There's yeah. still there's still active debate on on how that goes. <laughs> so the originals but, came from like quote unquote hypo animals, so like really nice bicolor Amazons or or yellow Amazons. Yeah, and they thought that that's how kind of how it was inherited, and then all of a sudden someone bred a hypo to a non-hypo and produced visual assistics. And we're like, oh crap, maybe it's just a recessive trait. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm actually of the opinion, from my experience, um, I'm I'm siding with the uh, co-dominant. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. Uh, you know, I know I, I'm aware of that other litter, um, and I don't really. I don't know. It's complicated. Um, I'm really open to it. <laughs> I'm open to it either way. I, I really don't mind if it's recessive or codominant. Like, um, I'm just saying based off of the litters that I've produced. Mm-hmm. Um, I see. Uh, you know, a roughly 50-50 split of animals that I can pick out and say, hey, these look totally different. 
They're the same color. They're the same pattern. And this one is glowing and this one isn't, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's not it's not a difference of, like, color in that scenario, right? Because you're like, okay, here's a solid yellow snake. And right next to it is this solid yellow snake. But this one is so much brighter than that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um that that this is it right like this is the hypo um and i've been able to continue um through the generations and, and reproduce that and prove out at least a super you know from right. from a selected animal that i selected as a hypo and that could be chance um because i haven't had a whole lot of um, I haven't had, I've only had one super litter. I've only had one litter with, with a leucistic in it. Okay. Um, so my experience with that is, is somewhat limited. Um, but I've, I've produced, uh, I don't know. I'd have to think, you know, maybe six or seven hypo litters. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been, a, it's been a long process because I started out with one hypo. Um, from Gulf Coast Reptiles, and, you know, I produced a litter, and, and then I bred the offspring back to the original male, and um, so it's been, you know, it was like eight years to get to that point. Yeah. I think it's also really <laughs> important yeah. to note that, like, outside of Gulf Coast, there's only been, what, two or three people that have ever made leucistics outside of them, so, like, yeah. it's not like we have a giant pool to, to go from, it's yeah. like, okay, you've had an isolated litter here. This other person's had one litter with leucistics in it. And then I think there's like one other person who had also made leucistics. But there's such a small pool to uh, compare and contrast from, especially where Amazon tree boas are so uh, variable in mm-hmm. general. Going from that to this uh, kind of figuring out what the hypo trait exactly entails and figuring out exactly how to... Uh, you know, pick it out from some of the other stuff. We're still figuring all that stuff out. Or, you know, I'm not working with it. So you guys, I mean, the people who are working with them, the uh, <laughs> people who are, are looking at these litters and analyzing them, it's still being figured out right now. So it's not like, oh, you know, people have been doing this forever like they've been doing with ball pythons. This is still really, really new. The, the leucistics only have been around for, what, 10 years, if that? If that, yeah. Yeah, um, which you know, I guess would be a long time in a project with some other species, maybe. Right. Yeah, I mean, stuff that yeah. double clutches and like, <laughs> is, or you is, can get up to size in, in 18 year? months. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Not Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so it's been around a while, but it, it, it seems like any morph is super slow going with like developing it, I guess, or, or, bringing it to market with the Amazons because like um, even with the leopard, the leopard's been around fuck since, I don't know, 30 years or something like that. Yeah, probably at least, at least 20 years. Yeah. And uh, I mean, they're becoming less common. Uh, I know. dude. It's I crazy. can think of maybe two litters that were produced this year and, and one was in Europe, you know? Yep. Yeah. I, um, it's crazy to me because when I first saw the leopards, I was like, oh my God, those things are amazing. And they were like, you know, what, $5,000. And then the last time I saw them for sale, they were like $500. And then since then, I have not seen another one for sale. Like, and I'm like, okay, yeah. so where are they at? Where's the price point right now? Because I could see yeah. them going for, uh, you know, $1,500 right now and like selling quick because they're desirable. People want them and there's not a lot of them around. But the last time I saw them for sale, they were literally selling them for $475. And I was like, what is going on right now? What is happening? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, um, I think it was around that really like that low period is when I ended up getting like my first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, they're, they're in demand. Uh, I'm losing my train of thought here. Hang on. We're <laughs> <laughs> getting sidetracked on the leopard thing again, damn it. Um, That's fine. Well, we were talking about the Lucy, uh, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I think, you know, there's, there's some questions to the inheritance. And you had touched on um, 
like the natural variability of Amazon tree boas. Yes. And I think that causes a lot of problems, um, sort of sorting out how, you know, different colors and mutations are inherited. Uh-huh. Um, but it can also cover up like maybe a subtle, uh, a more subtle gene, you know, that's, it's not, it's not a tiger that has, you know, turns the pattern into a stripe. That's super obvious. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you look at the um, calico stuff, it's like way more subtle when it's not like your patternless red animals. It can be a lot more subtle in some of the other colors and other stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean even that can be super variable. Uh-huh. But um so so it'll it'll be harder uh to sort of tease out, but even even with some I like to compare cuz you know, um a lot of these genes that you know we'll see in in any species, really, they're they're across species, you know, mm-hmm. um, like albinism. You know, there's albino people. Um, you know, there's a, a albinism in all the different species of reptiles that we keep. You know, um, and so you can, I think, you can use that to your advantage, and you can you can spot the same gene in multiple different species, and so. Um, you know, I'm super impressed with all the ball python mutations. And I, base, I I don't work with ball pythons, but based on what I've heard, you know, like there are mutations that don't really exist as well um, that aren't that's actual mutations. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. It's um, just randomly, naturally occurring polygenic variables that pop up. Yeah, but some of the subtleties that, that, that people pick out as, as ball python mutations, it, it astonishes me. It's like, what? And I don't know what I'm looking at, but like, I'm like, whoa, how do you even, what's the difference? I don't see it, you know? <laughs> no, yeah, 100%, and, yeah. And so I think if you get that with a species that's as variable as Amazon's, it's just that much more difficult, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, like one of the common, common things with the, uh, with the hypo is, you know, Hey, what's the difference between this hypo and, you know, this completely normal, unrelated, you know, fully yellow patternless Amazon tree boa. Mm-hmm. And, you know, visually maybe nothing. <laughs> um, right. Except for this one, we know comes from a line that's proven to have a, you know, a super form basically. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes leucistics. Um, but if you if you think about that a little bit, you see the same leucistic mutation in other species, um, and, and that's the the super form of a lighter animal, right? Yeah, like the lesser um, python, where they're like right, a little bit lighter yellow colored. Uh, you know, the the pattern isn't changed all that much. It might make it a little bit cleaner, but it doesn't you know make it crazy white but right. you still produce that white snake from that lighter colored snake yeah I, there's a bunch of them in ball pythons i think you know yeah. like fireball pythons yeah, mojave butter, ball pythons yeah, yeah. yeah um and so it's a it's a lighter snake that produces some form of leucism or leucistic animal yeah um and the same is with the uh the fire boa mm-hmm. um you know you have the super fire boa which is a a leucistic boa um and so i think it's the same thing basically in amazon tree boas um but it can be really hard to pick out because you can have um you know an amazon tree boa from the fully melanistic to patternless bright animal you know yeah um so there's that um as far as the viability of of it goes, um, I think I have some questions about that um, because because of the time that the gene has been around, and um, you know we know there are adult leucistic animals out there, and there haven't been a whole lot of litters produced from them. Um, you know, I can think of one example: Rory produced at least one litter from his male leucistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so they, they can reproduce, but there are more of them out there, and um, I'm not aware of any more litters. Um, you know, I, I'm aware that Gulf Coast Reptiles has some adult females. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it just my natural curiosity wonders, you know, do, do maybe females have trouble reproducing? Hmm. I don't know. Um, I The leucistic animal that I produced... Um, Ended up dying. Oh, that's a bummer. Oh yeah, that sucks. Yeah, so uh, I don't I don't have a leucistic animal in my collection, but um, it, it it developed some sort of rapid growth in its abdomen or something, and and died really quickly. Hmm. Uh, but that's my experience from it. Um, the hypos don't seem to have any issue producing. Again, I've produced quite a few litters of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. From what I know of the people who have had the hypos, the hypos do really well. Um, and then you know, you th- like you were saying, I would think that you would see more leucistics if there was, um, you know, if there was that high viability from them. But then again, I haven't really seen GCR post a lot of Amazon tree boas recently. Um, I don't know if they just have had them on the back burner, or they're not doing as many litters, or or what's going on with it. Uh, but you know, five years ago, seven years ago, they were posting a, d- a decent amount oh, yeah, of animals available, um, and you would see them at the local expos. Like anytime that there was a local expo that they attended, I'd always see people posting pictures of the leucistics and of the hypos yeah. and stuff. But then since then, I really haven't seen anything from them. So it makes you wonder, like, what what is actually going on, what what they're doing, or whether they're just stockpiling right now. Because I think that's what they did with the leopards is that they were stockpiling them for a couple years and that's why they were selling them for so you know quote unquote cheap Cheap, yeah uh, right because they had had that stockpile of them hanging around yeah but that's yet to be Um, determined so that that's yet to be determined yeah i i um i'm not i'm not involved a whole bunch of other species so i don't know if they're um more active on like different groups or forums or whatever really aren't around anymore which is where i remember them them posting yeah um and when they first posted um they kind of got a lot of heat uh you know they sort of posted their leucistic and and that upset a lot of people (laughs) (laughs) um you know I, i i don't really know why or but that that seems to be sort of typical people it's okay to be skeptical, but um, that can kind of come off. Uh, it can get overblown or negative or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think that put a, a bad taste in, in at least their mouth. Like I've, I've had some conversations with Chris um, and I enjoy the conversations with him. I haven't spoke with him in a while, but uh, you know, when I first produced my lit, so um, to, to make note of something else about the hypogene, um, and sort of how it's inherited or whatever. The, my first litter that I had, um, I was sort of, I was a little confused. I, I, I wasn't sure what to expect. Um, and the animals, you know, I, I was like, are these hypo? Are they not hypo? Like, what, what's going on here, you know? And, and it wasn't a small litter. But I was really confused by it for a little while. Um, and so... I think there's a lot of that. Um, people being confused, what's hypo, what's not, um, having trouble picking out um, picking out the difference. And, and I do think the other parentage affects that. Um, for instance, uh, I did uh, in 2019, mm-hmm. I did a hypo, GCR hypo to a visual leopard. Um, and again, it was a smaller litter. It was, it was four, four animals. Um, but nothing that I would traditionally consider a hypo. Um, there were three tricolored animals. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's like, you know, yellow and orange with, with some gray pattern and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there were three of those and then there was one bicolor animal. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but it, it was still pretty it, it didn't have a lot of melanin on it and so uh, I'm wondering I, I mean I still don't know I'm wondering if that's that's the hypo animal and it is developing more melanin um, I would see on any of my other hypos um, but all of it is it's not black there, there's no black on it where you see that on the systems it's yeah. light it's light gray um, so is that animal a hypo? Um, maybe. Um, so I, but, guess, I guess by definition of, of hypomelanisticism, perhaps so. Yeah. But <laughs> I get so weird because like the the boas people call lots of things hypos because like a hypo boa, if you're talking like BCI or, or BI, if it is now imperator. Yeah. Um, the quote unquote hypos are not a recessive trait; it's a incomplete dominant. And mm. they are just like a lighter colored animal and they have brighter red to them. So like if you go to any other type of animal and you say hypomelan, it goes to hypomelanistic. Yeah. That's not what they look not like. For, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Not for boa. It's like hyper Yeah. boa. <laughs> but nobody's saying yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so when I, when I speak of hypo, I'm not even, you can throw the definition out the window. I'm just talking about the line, <laughs> of, animals. line of animals. Yeah, 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 yeah for yes. sure. I'm, I'm talking about a specific line of animals. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that's what they started calling them because initially all these animals were hypomelanistic, right. right? Right. But that's already in the natural variation of Amazons. Yes. That's quite true, yeah. You know, you can you can have completely colored animals with melanin on them. Mm-hmm. So that's where a lot of people get confused. But when I'm when I'm talking about hypo, it's just this specific lineage. Yep. Um, and I don't think that they necessarily have to be that hypomelanistic, but I still think there's a visual thing that the side. Yes, so I think you kind of have to compare each litter within the litter um, with 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 its siblings, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, even I even my best or m- most clean hypos, um, I've had I've had normal animals that are completely unrelated that rival that, and um, and if you look at them side by side, you probably won't be able to tell the difference. Hmm. But if you then compare that hypo with its siblings, you will see the difference between the ones that I consider hypo and and the ones that are not. And it, it does it does sort of it it goes with the percentage of what you would expect, yeah. um, roughly. And I, I had a pairing last year, which was my only hypo pair that that produced offspring. Uh, it was my original male to one of the females from um, the first litter that I produced. Um, her her sibling is the one that I proved out to be a super that produced the leucistic offspring for, from me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I paired up this sister, and the sister was an animal that um, I had a lot of questions about in the litter because um, she was lacking a lot of melanin. You know, she was pretty much solid, mm-hmm. but she didn't quite look as great as, um, these animals that I would 100% consider hypo. Right. Um, and so I paired her up to the original male wondering if I was going to, um, you know, get cystic offspring from there. And, uh, I didn't, um, now I could miss on the odds, you know, she could be, she could be, you know, het for leucistic or, or, you know, a visual hypo and I just miss on the super. Yeah. Right. Um, but she was one that I had questions about because of how she was born and, and what she looked like. And I, I'm wondering, you know, what the line is between hypo and, and good looking normal or whatever, you know? It, um, and, and you, you've seen that with some of the uglier or, or more melanistic animals that have produced leucistic offspring um, that were brought up earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what's the line, you know, where is that? Um, but 
I, I my results I, I didn't I didn't produce a super from that litter. So um, uh, you it's, can it's, it, it's sort of solidified my thought process, and I'm like, yeah, I kind of you know I didn't expect to get this because she didn't quite have the look, mm-hmm. um, and, and so that sort of verified my eyeball test. Um, but who knows? Um, I think the more that we do breeding and the the more that it's kind of, uh, you know, sorted that way, I think that it's going to make some answers clear because, you know, we, like I was saying before, we just have such a small sample size to go from, uh, once we get a little bit of a bigger sample size, I think we'll be able to pick out some stuff and be like, okay, this, these are the things you're looking for. Um, even if it's, you know, you have to go buy variation by by type because you know you got your bicolors your tricolors your solid patternless animals your colored patterned animals your gardens and all this different stuff right uh, once we get a little bit more under the belt as far as looking at full litters from hypo animals looking at litters and comparing of stuff that's unrelated mm-hmm. uh, it might make things a little bit easier to figure out yeah and especially if we can get some more litters from um leucistic animals because um you know that being a super all of all of them anything anything should be hypo and and so you can a you know you take that and pair it to a garden you take that and you pair it to uh you know something else and be like all of these are hypos (laughs) you know what's the variation and and uh you know yeah, it, it, does it look like this is a recessive gene? Because they're all completely like they they go the full spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know, there is no there is no look that any of them have. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah, I think that once they so. breed like a, a visual leucistic to one of those like brown gardens, then we'll really figure it out. Because if you can, <laughs> if you can breed out the brown out of that garden, then you you then you did something. something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just judging um, by the litters I've seen. You know? I think I think if you were to do if you were to do that pairing and just posted that, the <laughs> amount of people that would be very mad. That they, I you, would, you took a leucistic and bred it to that. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I would just uh, caption it panda pieds and then. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a said. really funky animal pop out of uh, a hypo litter before, um, and it. It died. Yeah. <laughs> it died, but it seemed to be, you know, it was it was fully developed. Um, you know, it was fully colored and everything. Mm-hmm. But it was like light gray and salmon. Um, hmm. Really? Salmon color. It was super weird. Um, maybe I'll, uh, I think I did maybe post it recently on, on my Instagram. Um, I've been trying to use Instagram more than Facebook. It's better, honestly. It definitely is a bit better, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I've been trying to, like, actively, you know, throw pictures up on my Instagram um, and and build up a bit of a following on that. But I think I did post it recently. It's it's a super unique animal. Hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, it died. Yeah. Um, But that's just part of the hobby. so touchy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you'd also posted recently a um, an Amazon emerald cross. Um, is that one yeah. of the ones that was just born? Yeah. Um, I contacted the person after that, um, after I saw the post. And, you know, those are, those you know, they do happen, but they don't come around so often, you know. And, and uh, I really, I really, even though I specialize in Amazons, I really do like, um, all the Corrales and I have, I have kept, um, most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I messaged them. Um, they weren't someone I knew from, you know, a group or anything like that. So I thought, you know, Hey, maybe they'll be willing to rid of some of these or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I happened to be like one of the people to contact them and, and, uh, they were willing. So for a little negotiation, um, I ended up getting one. And uh, that's such a unique situation too, because it was from a wild caught emerald, right? That had given birth in captivity. So she wasn't really with other snakes. Like she might've been with other snakes while she was being bagged and imported. But when she was mm -hmm. brought into the U S she was kind of held solitarily. 
and so she was housed, you know, maybe with another emerald. But half, what was it, like half the litter came out of as regular emeralds, and then two or three of the babies came out as emerald Amazon hybrids. So along the line someplace or in the wild, she naturally bred with a an Amazon. Yeah, um, and that's, that's sort of like the situation you see. Although some of the earlier breeders, you know, um, like Danny Mendez had um, – had uh you know a collection of hybrids or several hybrid animals and yep. uh, john mm-hmm. martin john martin had produced a few litters and mm-hmm. had animals hybrids in his collections um and i think maybe wolf kern from dark grove or maybe mm-hmm. i'm messing that up someone else earlier was working with them but typically now you see them um coming in from a gravid emerald giving birth yeah. Um, and you don't see them that often again, like I said. But this litter was super cool because there did seem to be some like very visual, distinct hybrids, and also some that could have been fully emerald. Um, and so you got like a dual sired litter, maybe. That's which what it looked like to me. Cool. Yeah. Really, the, the the babies that I saw in there that like you could distinguish out the ones that are pure emerald triboa caninus they like look just like every caninus baby that i've ever seen mm-hmm. and then the one like the one you got is very clearly an amazon hybrid yeah yeah so i just had to get it out of a, as a curiosity if you know the price was right um i it's like my only pet snake yeah, yeah. I, honestly, that's a badass pet snake it is, too. Yeah, and you know what? Like, I really don't like hybrids in general, but Amazon emerald hybrids are one of the few that I'm like, eh, well, it's not because it naturally happens in the wild, and that's basically the beginning of a new, you know, species theoretically. I mean, the the only thing that is the downside on that, or the thing that kind of plays against that, is because all the guys I know who have kept the Amazon emerald hybrids, they say that they have issues shedding, they don't always eat great. Uh, they don't reproduce, um, and they typically have a tough time getting to adulthood. Is, mm-hmm. is basically what I've heard from everyone who's kept them before and or produced them. So you know, th- but it's a naturally occurring variation. Yeah, um, yeah. I um, was willing to get these because of my experience. I, I wanted. I was like, hey, you know. Will you send it to me? Like, you don't even have to establish it. Just yeah. let me let me do that. Yeah. Um, and uh, they ended up doing that anyway. Like, I didn't have to wait any more time um, for shipping, but they got a couple meals in it before it even arrived. So oh, that's sweet. Um, yeah, it's been a good feeder. Um, well, that's good. And that's I good. haven't had any issues, but it's, it's super young. Um, you know, um, I've heard that no one has uh, really produced a litter from a hybrid. Nope, they have. Um, yeah. But again, I, I don't really care. I just want to watch it develop. So uh, yeah, because there, <laughs> yeah. there's like what the three or four different variations. If you search Amazon Triboa hybrid or Emerald Triboa hybrid, there's like three or four individual animals that come up. There's like the really bright yellow one that's got like all the green speckling all over it. There's the uh, the darker colored like Halloween phase one. And I think that one grew up to be a little bit more green with, like, black spo- uh, black markings on it. And then there's, like, one other one that's, like, the, the common picture that pops up. But there isn't a lot of, like, documentation of how they might turn out. Because this one looks like it's more orange, kind of like yeah. a, a baby emerald. Uh, but it's got the darker markings on it. So I'm curious to see when it gets bigger, is it going to change more green or is it going to keep some of that orange color to it? Yeah. I've taken some crappy pictures of it, but the, the markings in person <laughs> look, uh, I'm so bad at pictures. I, I, wish, <laughs> I wish I had the patience to like maybe devote some time to learn how to, like I have a pretty nice, like I, I, I bought a pretty nice camera, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you know, but like I can't ever, like I take so many pictures with it and like most of them are blurry like I can't tell what's in focus while I'm taking the picture. I, I don't. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's also a lot easier to just like instantly upload a picture from my iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I I lose patience really quick too because like they're not the easiest species to photograph. They're terrible. Um, it's really hard to say. photograph them. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's bad. Like when you're, it's like, especially with my nice camera, it's hard to like get it where you can focus on the whole body because they're like with the head coiled yeah. up in the S position. And, and or it's like coming you know, real on... close up to that heat signature and being like, yeah. can I yeah. bite this yet? <laughs> yeah. They're pretty active too. You know, they move their, you know, they move around a lot and, and uh, it's just such a pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> yeah. But anyways, like the markings on the, the hybrid animal um, are actually sort of like a blue green. Um, really? Yeah. It's a really fun um i'm excited to see yeah i'm excited to see how the color change goes if it's uh if it's super extreme like an emerald or or maybe more gradual like an amazon yeah definitely keep us posted because the guys that i talked to said that they had to like force feed or assist feed their babies for the first like year and a half to two years of their life so if yours is already eating on its own that's like a huge step in the right direction has it shed yet do you know if it's shed yet yeah, it's at its first shed. Um, it hasn't shed at my place yet. Um, still, but, still, because I heard that it's, also it's the, eating the shed and, and had a first shed. Yeah, no That's issues. So fingers crossed. Yeah, that, that would be freaking awesome. That could definitely put you a step ahead. That's that's super interesting. You got to keep posting pictures of that thing because I'm actually really curious. As someone who doesn't like hybrids, I'm really curious to see <laughs> how that thing develops because I I think that's cool. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, you know, uh, a really good buddy of mine is like super anti-hybrid, um, <laughs> yep. and uh, has maybe sort of drilled that into my head um, a little <laughs> bit. But uh, I, yeah, I again just curiosity. So yeah, hundred percent for sure. Oh man! All right, so we're rounding out our time here for this episode. But before uh, we end this, we always ask our guest one final question. So uh, that question is, what in the realm of reptile, be it something in your own collection, something that you've seen online, or uh, something that you've caught wind of through the grapevine, uh, what in the realm of reptile has you excited about reptiles? What in the realm of reptile has me excited about reptiles? Hmm. It's like an interview question. You're going yeah. to make me like, pause and be quiet. And I'm going to let you sweat I'll, it I'll put some, I'll put some uh, Jeopardy music in the background. It's, it'll be perfect. Yeah. Um, I don't know that uh, I need anything, like any one thing in particular to be excited about reptiles. Um, that's that's also am, fair. <laughs> I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you an answer because that just popped into my head. Okay. So, um, for my whole life, I've been the sole person in my family that has an interest in reptiles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a daughter. I have a three year old daughter now, mm-hmm. and uh, she can't help but be somewhat involved with how. How you know, like I've got a large collection, and it's just part of my life. Um, but she has shown some interest, um, actually quite a bit of interest. And, and you know, she she goes in there with me. She helps out. She wants to hold you know animals and take them out and look at them. Um, and so uh, I I'm excited to not be the only person in my family that has that interest. Um, Hell yeah. That's awesome. And I'd, I'd like to see how that progresses. Hell yeah. Yeah, Hell yeah. yeah I, sure. I think it's interesting because a lot of people, uh, when I talk to them about, you know, keeping reptiles or this or that and the other thing, and I do a lot of educational programs, they're like, oh, you must do so many little boys' birthday parties. And I'm like, honestly, I do like twice as many little girls' birthday parties than I do little boys. Because, like, when girls are young, they often are just like so curious about everything and they want to learn more. And then society kind of conditions them to be more afraid of these sort of things. But like literally just the other day I did a, it was a little kid's birthday party, a little boy's birthday party, but there was like a, a couple of his friends who were girls that were there. And the, one of the little girls who was there was like, in love with the Madagascan giant kit hissing cockroaches. And she was like asking her dad, she was like, dad, can I take it home? I want some hissing cockroaches. And he was like, I don't think your mom's going to be okay with that. But she was like <laughs> so into it. And I think that that is just like awesome that you can help cultivate that with your daughter. Because like, if you can do that, there is like this huge world. There's so much potential uh, for people to kind of grow like that, you know? Hell yeah. Yeah, so. definitely. Um, I hope she maintains it, and if she does, she'll have a super big head start compared to, you know, what I had. 
for sure. Uh, yeah. If she wants to be involved in that, so. Hell yeah, man. Most so, definitely. if people want to find out more about you and the things that you're doing, uh, where should they look you up? Uh, you can look me up on Facebook or Instagram uh, at HDR Boreals. Um, like I said, I'm trying to do more Instagram now, but uh, I, I do still frequent both of them. So. Sweet. Sweet. Awesome, man. Cool, so, man. Thank you very much. We're glad we could talk to you tonight, and we'll have to have you on again sometime in the future. Hell yeah. Yeah, th- thanks for having me. I had, a, I had a blast. Cool, man. Cool, have a man. Nice night. All right, you too. Bye. Bye-bye. Boom. That's where it's at, man. Oh, yeah. So, Jeremy. Yeah. Um, you got some Amazons, too. I I have quite a few. <laughs> I've got a few Amazons, Amazon. too. Oh, I really love Amazon True Glows. Yeah, so they're pretty sweet, dude. But, you know, just the amount of people that are working with them is really just starting to branch out right now because people are just so afraid of them previously. And they def- I mean, they definitely had a bad rap. I mean, I think the, the first pair that I ever had, um, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago, I mean, they wanted nothing to do with you other than annihilate To bite the hell out of yeah, you. Yeah, that, that was it. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know, you try to take a picture of one, but there's like blood in half of the photo. You know, I mean, it's it's not its a good face, look. Yeah. yeah, it's not a good look. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, that's like uh, back in the day when my friends had picked up a big Amazon tree boa at the White Plains Expo. I'm like, oh, it's it's kind of like a big Amazon. Cool, we'll pick it up. He's, he's looking to breed stuff, and we get it back to my house. And like, this thing's really big, like bigger than most of the Amazon tree boas <laughs> I've ever seen. So we're like, let's stretch it out and like see how long it actually was. The thing was seven foot three inches, and Holy I've crap. never seen an Amazon that big since then but i've got pictures on my facebook of this amazon and it is like i'll post it in our OnlyFans page because like oh my god it is like this massive amazon tree boa (laughs) and you like you read in the books it's like oh they get like four to six feet long and i'm like no 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 this thing was seven seven foot three inches it was sheesh that's (laughs) massive yeah i i think i i have like 18 or so Amazons right now, and I've They're got awesome. I've got one, uh, one girl that's uh, probably right at six foot. Nice, and she she would be my biggest one. Um, I'll have to show her to you because I don't, I don't think you've seen her yet. No, but she's no. um, she's quite impressive. The head alone, I I remember just like opening Bro, up that package and was like that. and was like oh, oh that's that's big, <laughs> <laughs> and she ain't friendly. <laughs> Heat-seeking missiles. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> seriously. Um, so y- you're really partial to like the Halloween. I love the Halloween stuff. Any of yeah. that heavily patterned stuff, I love that. And then bicolors because mm-hmm. a bright yellow Amazon with orange patterning on it. Ah, I just I can't. And you know what? Something I'm gonna go off on a little rant here for a second. They're not candy canes. What color is a goddamn candy yeah. cane? It's red and white. People who mark bicolor Amazons as candy canes really make me upset. Oh, <laughs> it's okay, Rob. I know. I know. It's just a little gripe that I have. That's it's, fair. It's irrelevant. <laughs> um, I definitely like bicolor stuff too. Um, I, I'm of course just like everything else Leopards. reptile related. I like All way of it? too much. <laughs> um, but I definitely have a thing for for bicolor stuff and uh, and red stuff. Although I have a couple yellow things that that I that I am really liking, but um, reds and and bicolor stuff are really what capture my attention the most. It's hard, it's hard not to love a red snake. It's true, like a bright red snake. It's true. <sighs> so Jeremy, <laughs> if people want to find out more about what you're doing, maybe see some pictures of you or Amazon Tree Roll or something like that, yeah. uh, where should they find you? Uh, you can check me out on Instagram at Brassman Reptiles, Facebook at Brassman Reptiles. Uh, check out YouTube, my YouTube at oh, Brassman you Reptiles. Put out a new episode. Yeah, I just put out a new video. Rob and I went uh, to go visit our buddy Adam Harris down in Connecticut, Harris Wonderland Pets. So that video is live now. You can go check it out. We had a really fun time. Uh, checking out some of his really awesome snakes. Uh, definitely focused a lot on his rhino rat snakes because, I mean, how can you not love awesome. rhino rat snakes? Yeah. Um, but even some uh, diadem snakes mm. and uh, and a few other really cool, uncommon colubrids that Adam has. So make sure you go check that out. 
And I think that is about it for me. Where, what about you, Rob? Where can people find you? Uh, if you want to check out what I'm doing, Instagram at Rob is creeping at real. Although my account got shadow banned, I just found out. So oh. you might have a tough time finding it. So cool. Instagram doesn't like me because I suppose I post too many spicy memes. Um, and uh, on YouTube, I actually am trying tomorrow. I'm going to be trying to record a new video for my YouTube channel. Just going over Ooh. some of the babies that I produced this up this past season. Um, and so Rob is creeping at real or creeping at real with Rob on YouTube. And that's pretty much it. Uh, oh, no, wait. You got to check out our OnlyFans. If you would like that's to right. support this program and some of the things that Jeremy and I are doing, uh, check out our OnlyFans. We're going to be posting some exclusive content on there. I have had some locks from some of my snakes this year, and I'm not posting them on my personal social media. I'm just posting them on the OnlyFans. I got a couple secret projects that I'm not talking to people about. I'm just going to be posting on there. So if you're interested in seeing any of that stuff, Check out our OnlyFans, onlyfans.com slash reptile talk. Boom. And thanks for checking it out. We'll see you guys next time. Yes, sir. <laughs>